Welcome to Watch Therefore, the program designed to help the disciple of Messiah Jesus obey his command to watch therefore and be ready for you don't know the hour or the day the Son of Man is coming, coming to take us back to that place he's prepared for us. Dove Schwartz here at the Sea of Galilee encouraging everyone who's watching today more than ever to watch therefore and be ready. I'm so thankful and blessed to be with you once again on the program Watch Therefore, and also thankful and blessed for this prophecy portion of our Covenant and Prophecy series that we're in. Let's have a word of prayer, a little bit of review from last time, and then move forward. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Father, in Messiah Jesus' name. We thank you for this program. We thank you for what you're going to do with your word in our hearts and minds and lives. Thank you for all of our viewers and bless them today, please, Father. I ask it in Messiah Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we're in this prophecy portion of our series, we remember the covenants the Lord made with Abraham, past Isaac, Jacob. Jacob's name was changed by the Lord to Israel. The seven promises of the Abraham covenant, which, is, which includes a great nation, which we saw is the nation of Israel. And we also said that the Lord, saw that the Lord would bless those who bless the covenant people and curse those who curse them. And we saw the Moses covenant, where the children of Israel would be cast from, the, from Israel to the nations of the world for forsaking the Lord, but then would be brought back from the nations to the promised land. And in the David covenant, that a son of David would sit on the throne of David forever having built a glorious new temple for the name of the Lord in Jerusalem. And then the new covenant where all of these covenants would be fulfilled in Messiah Jesus and that all promises would be kept by and through him. Hallelujah. And we saw that the covenant nation was, was birthed physically in one day. And it says in Isaiah 66 that the earth was made to give birth in one day. And then that through the rest of those passages in Isaiah, the Lord says he will not only bring Israel to a physical birth, but also to the spiritual birth, and that the earth would shake in even greater measure because of the birth pangs thereof. Now, we also saw this perfectly cross-references with Matthew 24 and Mark 13 and parts of Luke 21. And, and, and Historically, we can, we can know this because of what happened as the nations of the world came against Israel in that one day that it was physically birthed, five armies from the Middle East came against Israel and somehow, miraculously, the little covenant nation withstood that onslaught and, and um, remained as a nation and then through further wars, and I'm going to talk more about the wars, uh, biblical wars against Israel uh, in, in the future sometime. 
Uh, but we see that Israel has beaten back those enemies and even taken ground through wars that are unwinnable in a practical sense, but the armies of the Lord of heaven fight for the covenant nation. And we uh, looked at Matthew 24, the birth pangs associated with this. The nations of the world, I like to say it this way, and if you get my book, Watch Therefore and Be Ready, you'll see it in there. The nations have joined the labor party. The earth is shaking as it comes against Israel and shakes its fist at the Lord and goes into great evil and wickedness and sin. And, and so we're going to pick up where the Lord is telling the disciples, answering their question, what is the end of this age? And we're going to go into the birth pangs and then go forward from there. Stay with me. Then Jesus went out, of, uh, went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of war. See that you are not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And I discussed on the previous program that uh, though it will look like the end of this age from all the craziness and, and the wars and the bloodshed and the evil in the earth, he says, no, 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 there's, there's something that's going to happen where you'll know. And it's when these things that have always existed, uh, wars, famine, pestilences, and earthquakes, function together off the charts with greater intensity and frequency than ever before in tandem together at the same time Israel has become a nation. So it's in verse 7 of Matthew 24, for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Uh, this is a colloquialism, a Hebraism for world war. It's an ancient colloquialism or Hebraism. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows, which I mentioned is a old English way of saying birth pangs. She's entering into the time of the sorrows, they would have said in England. So these birth pangs are in conjunction with the earth giving birth physically to Israel. And as we continue on, the next verse shows us the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation period. Verse 9, Matthew 24, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, how do we know this is the tribulation? Well, down through time, certainly there has been a lot of war and bloodshed against the gospel, against the, the Bible, trying to stamp it out. Yet there's always been regions and places that are friendly to the gospel. Even now, there are places in the world, though um, more Christians are being killed, murdered for their faith than any time in human history, there are still places and regions that are friendly to the gospel. There are even nations that have leaders and presidents that are uh, Bible-believing, born-again followers of Messiah Jesus especially in sub-Saharan Africa right now, but there's places all over the world. And you can say whatever you want about President Donald Trump, but I'm telling you something. He stands for the unborn. He stands for religious liberty. 
he, he has done things so that the gospel can be freely preached and that the, thing, the, the, the clamping down and the, the efforts against the church in America, uh, he's, he stood up for that. You won't see this in the tribulation, folks. There are congressmen and senators in America who love the Lord. Now, see, in the tribulation, the whole world will hate the gospel, will hate the word of God in terms of um, people in positions of leadership. It will be illegal to follow Messiah Jesus, and people will be hunted down and killed for it. And so here's the shift Messiah Jesus speaks of about the tribulation that he calls the great tribulation in verse 21. Matthew 24, for then there will be great tribulation such as not been seen since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. And remember, a big part of what the Lord is doing with his great tribulation is fulfilling his covenant promises to Israel to bring forth a remnant of born again, saved Israelis, to bring this covenant nation where all of Israel that lives, lives in a condition of being saved by Messiah Jesus, birthed by his spirit. And that's why it's also called, cross-references perfectly, I love how the Bible interprets the Bible. In Jeremiah chapter 30, verse seven, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it, and it is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So as these birth pangs ramp up that we see, global military strife and ethnic strife, because let me remind you of something, and for some of you, this may be the first time you're hearing this, where it says, for nation rise up against nation in Matthew chapter 24 there, the Greek word is ethnos. Ethnic group will rise up against ethnic group. As the ethnic strife and, and, and even military conflict globally intensifies, along with famine, remember there's more hungry people on the planet now than ever in human history, and the diseases that are jumping off the charts and these strange weird diseases coming out of nowhere, it seems like, and the earthquakes in various places as the earth shakes under the weight of its sin and in these birth pangs. Remember, the Lord is keeping his covenant. That's what this is about. He moves heaven and earth around his covenant people Israel and those in the nations who are in the new covenant having received Messiah Jesus as Lord. That's what this is about. And, and so as the world continues to shake, remember, I know what the Lord's doing. I know what the Lord's doing. It's not all falling apart. Everything's coming together according to his covenant plans. And, and we see this in Romans 11. It's a passage I show a lot on this, on this um, program because you don't hear it as much as we should even in church today. Romans 11, 25 through 27. You see, the Lord doesn't want us to be ignorant. He wants us to understand what's going on. He says, For I do not desire, brethren, that you be ignorant of this mystery, lest you become wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And as it is written, so all of Israel shall be saved. For the deliverer will come out of Zion, and he'll turn ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my what? Covenant with them when I take away their sins. We have understanding of what the Lord is doing. We can pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We can seek the Lord for Israel's good. We can um, do things like our ministry, Blessing Israeli Believers in Messiah Jesus. And I'm going to share a little bit about my book because if you get it, watch Therefore and Be Ready, you'll have even greater understanding as I spend more time and go into greater detail on it. Watch Therefore and Be Ready.
so excited because our Watch Therefore program and message is spreading and expanding. I'm not surprised, but I'm very thankful that our Lord Jesus is making the way for our program to go into over 200 countries. Oh, hallelujah, the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. And I want to say to our prayer and financial partners, thank you. Thank you for partnering with Watch Therefore. Now, we have our ministries, Blessing Israeli Believers and Poured Out for the Nations, that stand under the umbrella of our Watch Therefore ministry. And with Blessing Israeli Believers, co-founded by our ministry partner, John McTurnan and myself, we're getting out the gospel, making disciples, saving babies from abortion, and so much more here in the promised land. And then we have our ministry poured out for the nations. I've been in many African countries and many other places in the earth with the gospel, making disciples, pastors, conferences, helping orphans, and so much more. The Watch Therefore message is so urgent for this hour because it shakes the lukewarm out of their terrible condition and presents the real and legitimate urgency to the lost. You don't have much time. Pray and receive Jesus as Lord today. You don't want to miss the rapture. You don't want to go through the tribulation. You don't want to go to hell. And God doesn't want you to. Watch therefore, be ready, receive Jesus as Lord today and get ready for him to come for us in the clouds. Now, I want to say some things to our partners and about partnership with our ministry. First, let me say, if you haven't received Jesus as your Savior and Lord, please do not send any money into this program or into this ministry. It's our desire that you would be our guest today and even pray and receive Jesus as Lord. And for those who understand the principles of sowing and reaping, you're born again. Jesus is your Savior and you want to lay your treasures up in heaven. We would ask you to prayerfully consider Watch Therefore, our program and our ministry. And so I can't do this alone. And my help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. And we trust him to raise up from our viewers as he has been. And again, thank you. As he has been, viewers who want to prayerfully and financially partner with this ministry and kingdom work. We would suggest that you sign up for our monthly newsletter. There's information there on your screen. And what that will do is help you with prayer points uh, if you want to join in prayer partnership. And also, it will show you what you're financially sowing into as well. The Watch Therm 4 message is so important. And as we like to close every segment of our program, we say, watch therefore and be ready. So many are tragically missing the signs that Messiah Jesus warned about that are leaping off the pages of the Bible regarding this generation. There's never been one like it, nor will there ever be again. And while so many, even those who profess the name of Jesus, are overwhelmed and heartbroken and crushed in this generation, it doesn't have to happen to you. Because not only can we make it through this generation, but we can have great kingdom success. The Lord gives us a way forward. And in my book, Watch Therefore and Be Ready, I lay all these things out, how to know that we know what this generation is and how to have kingdom success through it. Now, we want everyone to be able to get my book, Watch Therefore and Be Ready. So for a donation of any amount to our ministry, you can get the book. Make sure you write Watch Therefore and Be Ready in the notes section of your check and online giving. Remember, Watch Therefore and Be Ready.
Welcome back to Watch Therefore. Did you know that the Bible is not a politically correct book? Did you know that? And what we're going to do is we're going to look at something that's so important that will help make us ready for the coming of the Lord. Because Messiah Jesus told us to watch therefore and be ready, and then he gave the analogy of the faithful servant. And the faithful servant is watching for the master to come and doing what the master commanded. What did the master command? He said the good and faithful servant, the blessed, wise, faithful servant, is giving the other servants their food in due season. He's serving the others in the household of God. Where should we start doing that? Where should we start first? Within our own homes, within our own family. That's why there's such an attack on the family today. And the things I'm going to be sharing with you aren't just controversial in the world. Sadly and tragically, they're controversial in the body of Messiah. They're controversial in the church today, and they should be because these things are very clear in the Bible. But sadly, the, the Laodicean church environment in which we live has become so worldly that these things are controversial. So the Bible changes our lives. That's the way it's supposed to be, that, that, that we don't try to change the Bible to fit our lives. Uh, we don't try to change the Bible and live according to the world and the Bible. No, we're to come out of the world's ways and let the Bible work in our hearts, cooperate with God's grace and learn and study the Word of God, that we would change our lives, that God would change our lives by His Spirit into His ways and His plans and purposes for our lives according to His Word. And so, uh, as you can imagine, having gone through all of this to set this up, this must be a very controversial and serious issue. Well, certainly it is. We're going to look at the order that the Lord has for the godly family. And we're going to begin in Colossians because uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, because we're in the study of Colossians. You know, it, the great thing about topical teaching, I say great, the more convenient thing about topical teaching, and I, we do some topical teaching, but to do that all the time, you can dodge and duck and, and get around some of these more controversial things. But when you teach the Bible line upon line, you tend to hit everything. And, and, and so instead of trying to dodge these things and being less controversial, I'm just going to tell you the truth in love. Hallelujah. So we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3, and I'm probably going to spend a couple weeks on this. Beginning in verse 18, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. We see this same pattern, the same order in Ephesians chapter 5. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with a washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy 
and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. So we begin to see this pattern, which we will continue to see in the scriptures, that it starts with the wife submitting to the husband as unto the Lord, and that the husband is to love the wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And I want to talk to you a moment about this saying that's kind of gone around the church for decades, and I've heard pastors even say it, that what woman, what wife wouldn't submit to a husband that loved her like Christ loved the church? Well, that's not really what the Bible teaches. You know, that's, that's debunked actually in 1 Peter chapter 3, because in 1 Peter chapter 3, we see the scenario of, a, of a, an ungodly husband who doesn't go by the word of God, and the wife is still supposed to do the same thing, uh, even like Sarah obeyed Abraham. So he says, even if you have an ungodly husband, even more so there's a need to submit to him, even like Sarah did, one of the most godly men who's ever lived, Abraham, like she submitted to Abraham. Look at this in 1 Peter 3. Wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women, women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive, to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. So we see here the Lord's way, as this is the third passage we've seen that lays out the relationship with the wife and the husband, with the wife first, and it leads off from her being submissive to the husband. And in this case, it's to win him to Messiah Jesus because of his ungodliness. It, it, to, to the contrary of, well, my husband's ungodly, so I'm not going to listen to him. It's the exact opposite. No, because he's ungodly, you need to win him to Messiah Jesus with a gentle and quiet spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. And, and first, let me say, I go all over the world. And for example, in sub-Saharan Africa, I've been in 10 countries. It leans toward, it tends to the domination of women from a historical and traditional sense that's been handed down from generations. And so they're at kind of one extreme of this. And at the other extreme is that of the West. And I say that to ask this question. If you were to describe in your mind, from your mind, the, the general thought or the condition of women in church in America, Christian women, for example, would you categorize them as those with a gentle and quiet spirit? N not so much probably. Much of the Western church is more Corinthian than that. So they, they wouldn't be categorized as, with, categorized as those with a gentle and quiet spirit as much as, you know, uh, something that this would be offensive to them. Hearing these things would make the modern American Christian woman, for example, in many cases, bristle a little bit, and, 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 and it might even be a bit offensive. 
But let me share with you a testimony. Um, yours truly, I was the most ungodly person, the most sinful, um, out-of-the-box, ridiculously bad husband. And my wife came to faith in Messiah Jesus. And I watched her change right in front of me. And she did this. She did, 1 Peter 3. She changed right in front of me and began to shine like a light. And when I would do the horrible things I would do and be the horrible way I was, she would just quietly, gently offer to make me breakfast. And it was, I was like, do anything but that. Please throw something at me, hit me with something, but don't do that. And the light from the Bible that she was reading and living jumped off the pages through her life and brought me to a place of great conviction of sin. One person said it this way, submitting to your husband in this way is like ducking so the Lord can hit him. <laughs> and certainly that's what was going on with my wife. She was turning me over to the Lord. I'm not going to try to deal with this man. I'm going to obey your word. I'm going to be a daughter of Sarah. You deal with him, Father. And he certainly did. And I learned the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. And I watched the witness of my gentle, quiet-spirited wife live this out. Yeah. And so maybe you're a wife and you're hearing this and you have a husband that could stand some fear of the Lord. Do this. Go this way. Let the scriptures change your heart, mind, and life instead of trying to pretend to change the Bible because it'll never change. God will never change and so if, if you haven't received Messiah Jesus, maybe you've heard these things and there's something of conviction in your heart, mind, and life. Let me tell you, he loves you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to save you. Maybe you need to get saved so his spirit is in you beaming like a light to win your husband or wife or others around you to Messiah Jesus, your children. Messiah Jesus, our Lord, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. The innocent died to pay for the sins of the guilty. He died on the cross, he was buried, and on the third day he rose again. Hallelujah and hallelujah. He rose again, and you can repent. You can begin to turn away from your sins in your heart and receive Jesus as Lord. Save me, Jesus, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to live a life that honors you. I want to go your way according to the Bible. Please forgive me and save me. And he'll send his Holy Spirit to live in you and change you and help you want to follow him, and he'll teach you how to follow him. Hallelujah. If you're crying out to him today and you want to be saved, send us your contact information by looking at our contact information. We'll send you a brochure that will help you begin your new life in Messiah Jesus. For all of our viewers, remember, watch Therefore and be ready. Thank you for watching the program today. Watch Therefore is sponsored by the friends and partners of Watch Therefore Ministries. In future programs, we'll have many more Watch Therefore teachings from the Bible, worship, and exciting interviews with our believing partners in Israel and around the world. Please contact us at doveforisrael at gmail.com. That's D-O-V-F-O-R-I-S-R-A-E-L at gmail.com. And if you would like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can fill out a contact form on the website watchtherefore.tv. We also have audio programs available on our website watchtherefore.tv. We are on social media since it is a great tool to share the gospel and communicate with one another. You can also find us there at Watch Therefore TV. Until next time, we're watching for King Jesus to return. Watch Therefore and be ready. 
the lamb who was slain, he'll come again. Our conquering king on that day, his sword will go forth to take back and re-